You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Get off my plane. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's Mackey and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee Kaye, mother. Now we come to you with a pledge to change America's policy. Atrocity and terror are not political weapons, and to those who would use them, your day is over. They hated your speech, didn't they? They're afraid we wanted the guts to back it up. Air Force One clear for takeoff. Thank you for your hospitality, Moscow. The president's plane, Air Force One, has been hijacked. What do they want? They want General Raddock released from prison. I will execute the hostage every half an hour. How the hell did this happen? How the hell did they get Air Force One? Your national security advisor has been executed. You just bought you another half hour. Sir, you parachute. I'm not leaving without my family. Given to their demands, you've got a job to do. It makes me so proud, Mr. President, that you stuck with us. In a war, people die. The president is up there with a gun to his head. Do the thing, save my family. Don't ask me for something I can't give. No, we got out on your tail. You could finish this with one phone call. Get off my plane. Yes. Welcome to Mackie and Joe with Rami's Action Movie Rewind. This is week number five, I believe, of Action Movie Rewind. We have gone through so far Bloodsport, Hard to Kill, Con Air, Point Break, and now the 1997 thriller with Harrison Ford coming off of a two-decade run of Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Uh, what was the the Fugitive? Fugitive, right? Yeah. yeah. Air Force One. That lost look. He does so well. He does that kind of perplexed, like, like I, I need to get my bearings, but yep. I'm also still a badass who can exactly. break your arm in half. <laughs> I need like, to get my bearings perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here is the summary of Air Force One. Harrison Ford plays James Marshall, a one-time combat hero in the Vietnam War, who is now President of the United States. While visiting the former Soviet Union, Marshall gives a speech in which he supports a get-tough attitude against both terrorists and a right-wing general and war criminal from Kazakhstan who's imprisoned in Moscow. The speech does not go over very well, does it? It, it ruffles some feathers. Mm-hmm. And so while flying back to the United States aboard Air Force One, President Marshall and his staff discover that one of the journalists, quote-unquote, returning with them on the plane is actually Ivan Kushin, uh, is it Korshunov? Korshunov. We'll call him yeah. Gary Oldman. Gary, so that. Gary call him National Gary. security advisor has just been executed. He's a very good negotiator. 
So Gary Oldman is a Kazakhstani terrorist who hijacks the plane with three associates and holds the president hostage with his wife and daughter on board. President Marshall must use his strength and intelligence to keep the terrorists at bay and devise a plan to allow his family to escape to safety. While on the ground, the vice president, who's Glenn Close, the secretary of defense, and the attorney general grapple over what to do and how much control to take from the president in this crisis. 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, gentlemen. Get off my plane. What was your favorite part about this movie? Rami? Air Force One. I gotta say, I only saw this movie once before in my life. Mm-hmm. Every movie that we reviewed in Action Movie Rewind left an impression on me bef- before, when I watched it you know, earlier in my life, in my childhood, in my teenage years. I remember I watched Air Force One or what is what was this Air Force Air Force, Air Force One? One? Yeah. I watched it one time. Such when, a great impression when it came out, <laughs> and it left no impression on me. And I watched it again now, and now I know why it left no impression wow. on me. It wasn't it wasn't good enough or bad enough to leave an impression on me wow. as an action movie. Just, I, huh? Yeah, really, really, okay. uh, seriously. Right. I watched it wow. on Saturday, and I left totally unimpressed. It was like I said, not good enough. Also, not bad enough for me to walk away going, "Wow, what? What did I just watch?" Boy, that so, was <laughs> so. That, so you didn't have a favorite part at all. It was all no, just kind of uh, yeah. It was uh, all just I was hijacked was, and yeah. Okay. It was all just kind of eh, whatever. Like, uh, is it really that easy to get on Air Force One? Like, you just have to kill. You just have to kill a, a news journalist. crew and assume their identity, and you get on. It's it's that easy. I love how he puts like he's a little nervous when they're getting <laughs> on the plane because like they already went through a security checkpoint, and then someone at the staircase of Air Force One says, oh, we just need to do another security check, and he goes, we already did a security check. Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> that doesn't seem suspicious at right, all. Yeah. What do you mean security? Clearly I don't know what got, you're talking about. The dude I don't cl- do security? Yeah, he clearly got real nervous when you told him, <laughs> we need to, and you didn't think to take take a second look at his idea after but that? He passed. He, like, all right, he passed security check, too. Yeah. Yeah. He got through both of them. I don't think I had a favorite part really? in this. No. Wow. All right, Judd, what was your favorite part of Air Force One? Okay, no question. My favorite part Part. And there were a few that I liked. Really? But oh yeah, yeah. It was. This is one of my ten favorite movies of all time. Really? But I'm maybe wow. not that. No, it's a good That's movie. A I like this movie. There. I'm going. I'm going. Special effects. The fight scenes <laughs> in the hatch thing. <laughs> Where where Harrison Ford at one point the president of the United States is holding on to the basically what the wheel well thing yes mm-hmm. and and any normal human being would be dead and fly off yep but no, yet not Indiana Jones but as president the best, but the not best Han part Solo. the best part is it's nineteen ninety seven right. 96, 97, yep. when the film came out? Yep, 97. The best part is the special effects weren't there yet to make it really believable. And so all of these people are having fights, including, like, the president's wife. You know, and you would think that all these people were not the strongest human beings in the history yeah. of the world, but nobody flies out. And then my second favorite part, which I absolutely love, and it might be real on Air Force One, I have no clue, but I loved it. The escape pod. Yes. 
I was wondering the same I want, thing. I want. Does that actually exist? That's what I, I was bet wondering. It does. I'd like to find out, but it looks like it's from the spaceship. I want a sports talk host escape pod where <laughs> if I have a really hot take and it doesn't go well, all of a sudden, just the top of the building, you see this little pod taking off, and it's me. Uh, That's I how just... Judd gets out of the state fair every day. <laughs> escape pod. Wikipedia says the actual Air Force one does not have an escape oh. pod. Oh. If if it did, the current president would have used it. <laughs> No way that Trump Get wouldn't try it. Get me out of here. All right, Jonathan, what was your favorite part of Air Force One? So when he gets out of this escape pod and he's just kind of crawling around in the basement there of the plane and he's fighting the dude and he had like taken someone's cell phone and he got a hold of yes. Mission Commander or whatever. They're literally, the, the vice president and all the people at the boardroom are literally just sitting there listening with bated breath, just like, oh, what's going yeah, on? He's While communicating. he's fighting for his life, and they're just like, uh, but what he, do we So do? he's like talking to the... T- oh, by the way, back up a step. He calls the White House switchboard, <laughs> yes. and the receptionist is like, okay, uh, it's the president. And, and then, like, the hangs vice up on president. Him. Yeah. There is no, like, security code that he has to give to confirm that it is indeed <laughs> the president. Nothing. Trace the call. <laughs> Straight the call. Listen closely. And by the way, is it, the just, is it just me or did they just kind of forget about the guy in the ca- in like in the in the luggage cabin who just killed like half their gang? They just forgot about him for a while. They're like, ah, oh, we'll get to that later. We got other things we got to worry about. <laughs> Gary Holman was busy, man. He was trying to have his buddy fly the plane. Do you think that would be priority number one when you're trying to hijack Air Force One? And at the time, they thought it was some Secret Service member. Wouldn't that be priority number one? Oh, like, hey, it. this guy could foil the whole plan. We better take care of that. Then we'll get back to business. They're just like, ah, whatever. We'll take care of that later. What is he going to do, right? So, actually, that's a good segue into what my favorite part of this movie <laughs> I I was, okay? I think you tweeted it last night. I don't know if I did. Actually, we'll get to that part. Okay. We'll get to that part. This that's, is, that's my, Jonathan and I had an okay. in-depth conversation okay. about this. So, my favorite part about this movie is that it's basically Die Hard on a plane. Yes. <laughs> so, here are the different parallels to the movie Die Hard, okay? All right. So, you've got terrorists taking over mm-hmm. a building or a place. So like, we got bad guys who, led by Eastern European accent guy taking over a structure of some kind, okay? Then you have a rogue hero that the terrorists can't find throughout the movie, right? Bruce Willis, I don't know, where is he? He's in the, we can't find him. He's in the building somewhere. I don't know, where's the president or the Secret but Service agent? at least agent? that's a building. You can get you can get away and nobody can find you for a while right. in a building. You can climb in the air ducts like like right. he did. In a plane? On a plane? You, you can't will- find this dude and you just didn't try for about a third of the movie and just decided <laughs> we'll take care of him later. It's actually pretty amazing how quickly they did find Bruce Willis. Like it's a skyscraper and he could have yep. been really. But um parallel number 3, you have hostages being killed one by one over like a 30 minute time period. Until the hero shows his face, right? We're going to execute one person from this conference room until the hero shows his face in both movies. And then the the fourth parallel between Die Hard and Air Force One, you have authorities on the ground. In the case of Die Hard, you've got uh, the dad from Family Matters and the police (laughs) and the FBI. And then here you've got the White House Command Center in Air Force One. You have authorities on the outside trying to decide if they should just say bleep it and blow up the entire structure or they, if they should somehow save the people that are involved in the building or right. the plane. It is literally diehard right. on a That's plane amazing. with just a different star and a different sequence. So, uh, all right, least favorite part about the movie. Let's talk about it. You want mine? 
Well, I think we have to. Okay. I think we all have the it's same one. Game. Okay. Yeah. So this, is it the Secret Service agent? The, yep. the rogue? The bad guy, yeah. yes. So the turncoat Secret Service agent, he's the one that gets the terrorists, I would assume, on the plane to begin with, and then he's the one that murders a couple of the Secret Service agent yeah. uh, partners that are protecting the plane and opens up the gun, the cabinet, gun cabinet for yeah. the terrorists. So he essentially facilitates the entire hijacking, okay? Yep. And my question is, why from that point until the end of the movie does he just lay in the weeds? Like, if he's part of the terrorist group, is he, like why why wouldn't he play his hand earlier to help the terrorists or when just, the tide or just was not turning? Play it at all, or just may, maybe may, I mean, if he doesn't play it at all, right? Well, everybody there's else. Only, is, well, there's only one parachute left by the end, so he almost had to play it because they were going to leave him on the plane to die. They were going to take the president off the plane, right. and then secret yeah. re- turncoat secret service. But you agent almost guy. forgot that that he was involved in the plot to try and overthrow Air Force One because there was such a lengthy delay between him shooting his supposed buddies, right? And then it becomes the, the Gary Oldman show, and bad guy just sort of goes about his and like they show him, and he's just like looking around, like, "Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up?" You think there's moments throughout the movie like they show him. And he does something. He's like, "Oh, now he's going to reveal himself mm-hmm. again." And he just doesn't. It's, it felt like a very a role that they just forgot about halfway through the movie, or so they just cut some stuff. Then out. they were like, "Oh, we got to resolve this." Oh yeah, and, yeah, and they're like, "We got to do something with this Let's guy." Do this. And I'll yeah. serve, and I'll serve yeah. the next the president true too. To me, the explanation or the motivation for him laying in the weeds the whole movie. So he facilitates the entire hijack, and then he lays. He's like the key bad guy, and then he lays the, uh, lays in the weeds. My only explanation would be. Is the transaction over? Like the, the terrorists are paying him to be a mole on the inside, and his job is to get the terrorists on the plane and start the hijack. And then, hey, my job is now done. Right. I don't want to get caught. Yeah. I want to continue to be a Secret Service agent. It's weird. No, there's it. They don't tell you the motivation. And I know you get a, a tweet about it. Yes. Yeah. Somebody. Okay. So somebody. This actually makes the most sense. Last night tweeted this explanation. All right. Apparently, there's a part. Oh man, I'm trying to find the. Um, I can't find the tweet now. Apparently, like there is a further explanation for his background. He was like a CIA guy who became jaded, disenfranchised yeah. with the United States government, and that was part of the script. But they didn't want to put that in the movie because it would take too long to explain. And by something. the way, the film was too long. It was. So I'm glad they took that out. It was over two hours. Yeah, and the end part. Like how much of the end did you really need? Like I feel, I feel get off my plane. I was pretty happy at that point. <laughs> After he booted Gary Oldman from the plane, I think we are good. Like I get the I plane remember, was going down, but and I, actually, I don't care how it gets. Down. I actually Just, texted Mackie this. Why do I remember Steven Seagal being in this? Right? Oh, I looked it up. Executive decision. Ah, that's the which one. is almost okay, the same. All right. I love that. This is now the second time in five episodes of Action Movie Rewind where one of us has mistaken. One Steven yes. Seagal movie for another action movie. <laughs> Executive decision where where they kill Seagal and and he's part of the crew that tries to go refuel the plane. So the parallels are almost yeah. identical because there's a whole scene here where they try where they think that they're going to put more fuel on Air Force One or something, and then the plane blows up. Did anybody else think this movie got really dark once they captured Harrison Ford and they're just like, "We're going to murder your child in front of you"? It's like. This got really dark really quickly, and it stayed there for almost a beat too long. (laughs) 
Just, like, I don't want this anymore. Like, just this move is supposed on, to be please. just like a fluffy action yeah. movie, man. We don't need this to get real. Um, one of my other least favorite parts about this movie is the guy who gives away the Michigan score at the beginning of the... <laughs> Like when they all get on the plane, and Harrison get, and gives the, him that look, and the president fired him immediately. Yeah, the president is a, he's a Michigan guy, and he did, and he and he taped the Michigan game, and he wants to watch it back, and so he's telling his staff like no spoilers, and some random jolly guy comes walking by and goes. Fourteen, thirteen, Michigan. Yeah, Mr. President. It's just like, like who does that? And he gets that look. Who walks by? It's the like, only look that Harrison Ford has. Hey, seven to five Cubs it's, today, Rami. I, yeah. I told you guys like, this story. I used to work at Blockbuster Video, and the Cubs were playing the White Sox, and this is one of the <laughs> rare seasons where both teams were good, and I love when both teams are good and they play against each other. I'm recording the game, waiting for my shift to end to go and watch it, and a guy comes in who's a regular customer. He's a Cubs fan. We talk about the Cubs every once in a while when he comes in, and he's wearing his Cubs hat, and I go, don't say anything. Recording the game. I'm going to watch it as soon as I get home. And he goes, ah, they blew it again. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the worst. You take what are you doing? action against him, violent action, executive action. Okay, here's a question for you guys. Okay, so the president, the president was ushered to the escape pod. Yes, and for part of the movie, everyone thought that he had just left the plane he in the is escape a coward. pod. And he turns out he's a hero. Your president's a coward because yes. he comes back and he saves the day and he uses his his combat skills. Let's say you guys had Vietnam combat skills, okay? So it's not like normal okay, sure. Jonathan Harrison or normal... Right, like hand-to-hand combat. I can yeah. rip out a man's throat with my bare hands. Right, yeah. like you're able to, sure. but terrorists have Don't overtaken the plane that you're on, and you're in the escape pod alone, and you're ready to rock and roll. Your family's on the plane, and some of your coworkers and friends are on the plane, but you're in the escape pod, and you're ready to rock and roll. Do you guys stay in the escape pod, or do you come back out and try and save the day like Harrison Ford did? Oh, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so far out. Those people are in big, grave trouble. Yeah. No, that you guys can figure it out. I got to go. I'm the president. Yeah. yeah. Which the president, very, like, it's very important explain? I survive. It's Which very, explain? very important I survive. Uh, I think you know. I think I. I think I try to play hero and then just fail miserably. Like, <laughs> and then you get killed. I think that's what happens. Now explain to me how how did the the um, um, thing work where they went from Air Force One to the plane that saves them? The zipline. The zipline. And how exactly was that zipline still functioning so well when they were literally you know like three inches from the ocean? The rescue guys who were ziplining over to Air Force One when they were res- when they were ziplining over was the goofiest looking thing ever because they were just like normally if you're on a zipline you'd hold the thing that's holding you on. No, these guys are just waving their arms in the air like they're just on a ride. What are you doing? <laughs> this is fun. How about instead of ziplining them each one by one back to the plane, you just zipline one guy onto Air Force One who's holding like six parachutes. I mean, that would have worked too. Yeah, probably. That would have worked too. Just because you got to think the they probably scene, had a lot of the parachute scene is great because it's so campy when people are like taking off from that <laughs> oh, hatch yeah. and you can tell they're they're like on the ground like in real life is, yeah. and then she's just like hey that's yeah. great how did, they, how did they know that what they were parachuting into because normally if you parachute <laughs> no you're idea. just like all right I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna parachute into a yeah. safe place no you're above the clouds when you're jumping and you're above like Kazakhstan right. yeah. Right? Also, we never heard what happened to those people. people. No, we have no idea. And one guy just flew out, and I don't think he got the parachute pulled. So I'm willing to bet he he died. Here's my other question about films in the 90s. It pertains to Air Force One and Con Air, too. 
Who came up with the idea that an airplane could take off from any compromised position and still get off the ground? Because <laughs> this one has another one where the airplane's taking off, and, and it, it lands and takes off again. And they're like, it's like traffic on the 405 in Los Angeles. <laughs> they're like veering around stuff. There is no way that you could get that plane back up that quickly, and it just takes off. And, and going back and, to Con Air, how Con does Air. every villain have a pilot friend? This is what I was going to bring. Every every terrorist group always has like a, a guy that flew like ten years ago, and he's not super confident anymore. But if you've got to kill the actual pilot, like this guy has to step in, guy, and right? then he gets cocky. <laughs> So like by by the end he's like yeah this is all great this by the is way fantastic by the way guys I already pointed this out to Mackie that pilot looks like Tony Lee our old production, our old production director guy. yeah, yeah he does. he's totally Tony he Lee it's like if Tony Lee got caught up in some terrorist activities <laughs> maybe had a coke problem <laughs> in the late nineties yeah Fly and maybe that plane. hits close to home for Tony I don't know I don't know what Tony's lifestyle was like Fly the plane in the late nineties um, all right next question for you guys here which real life president in history would have the best chance of handling himself in a situation just like this? That's a good question. Abraham Lincoln was a professional wrestler. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. Really? Yes. Interesting. He's tall, though. It'd be tough for him to grapple in that sure. little cabinet downstairs. How about there? a younger Gerald Ford who, who actually played football at Michigan? Teddy Roosevelt was a dude. badass. Yes, dude. he was. Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Okay. Washington? George Washington was a general. He led the Revolutionary War. He was a general. He led the Revolutionary War. If plans were around back then, he would have been all over it. I'm with Rami on the Teddy Roosevelt bandwagon here. Teddy Roosevelt was a trained boxer. He was the New York City police commissioner. He was a naval officer, and he hunted big game. Dude, Teddy Roosevelt once, at least this is a story I read somewhere, evaded the Secret Service and just went into the woods with a buddy of his for like weeks That's and awesome. lived off the land and as whatever president? they could. Yeah, as president. <laughs> president and, ki- and killed what and ate whatever they killed. Dude. That's a badass. That yeah. is a badass. He's, I'm get, not... he's getting off that plane. He's like Bear Grylls, but president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm here for Teddy Roosevelt. Right? Let's Let's remake this. With Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. All right, Jonathan wants to introduce a new category here to Action Movie Rewind, and I love it. The definitive bad guy rankings. Yeah. So basically every week we put we slot in the bad guy into our ranking that keeps on growing every week based off these movies. So the four villains from the previous four Action Movie Rewinds are Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Mm-hmm. Strong. Good. Chong Strong. Lee from, I believe it's Chong Lee, right, yeah. from, uh, from from Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. Bodhi, Patrick Swayze from Point Break, or the corrupt senator from Hard to Kill. And now we add, we let's just call him the uh, angry angry terrorist guy. <laughs> Gary Ivan. Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman from Air Force One. Hold on. So, so who's the... Bodhi, Gary Oldman's character. Yeah. Sean Lee. So I'll, I'll throw it out first because you guys are just thinking about this here. I think Cyrus the Virus has several murders under his belt and also murdered a couple people in cold blood in the movie. He's also a devious mastermind. Yeah, I, I was going to say, he brings he brings the evil genius element to it that I don't yeah. think anybody else in this really brings to it. It's Malkovich, too. Right. He's yeah. just so good. I, I think Cyrus the Virus is number one in these power rankings. I think angry terrorist Ivan from Air Force One is like second on the evil list here. Like yeah. he's just like shooting people and he's got this plan. I mean, he got onto Air Force One. And Cyrus the Virus has a charm to him, right? He's kind of funny, yeah. right? Like, no, this guy is just Gary straight Oldman's up straight up menacing. Yes, 
I would say corrupt senator from Hard to Kill is three on my list. Yep. I've got Chong Lee fourth because he's just he's a fighter. Yeah, he doesn't. There is no character development there. And you got Bodie five. Also, like you know, he so he took a couple fights a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he just broke he's a, a fighter. He just broke a couple people's necks. <laughs> you know that happens to us all. And I think by the end, honestly, by the end of Point Break, Bodie is a good guy. You're rooting for Bodie, so I, he's fifth on my list in terms of like. Now, if you're saying you like, well, well played villains, Bodie's probably higher. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think I think that's exactly how they stack up. I did think. In this film, the one guy who I really missed and I felt should have been a character of some sort, without question to me, at that time, Tommy Lee Jones. In this movie. In this movie. Could, Air, he, could he have been in the White House? Air Force room? One, Air Force One need I mean, I kept thinking to myself, where is he? Tommy Lee Jones at that time would have been so perfect. He was in Chicago, still trying to track down Harrison Ford in the other yeah. movie. <laughs> You're not in trouble. <laughs> You're not in trouble. Yeah, I, I just, I felt like, I felt like there were some characters who could have easily been replaced and upgraded by Tommy Lee Jones. Guys, I found a, a list of Teddy Roosevelt facts. Oh man, he regularly regularly evaded the confines of the White House to venture off into the wild. <laughs> regularly, who okay. doesn't? How close? Wait, how close was the wild? I don't know. I don't know. Can we find that out? I don't know. Can we just find? Can we find out? Like he once scaled the Matterhorn. He volunteered to lead an infantry unit in World War One. He's the dude. He's the answer to your quest. He's Harrison Ford from okay. Air Force yeah. One. He's right. that dude. It's got to be Teddy Roosevelt. It's Teddy Roosevelt. For sure. But Phil's right. Where was the wild back I don't then? know. Yeah, I have like, no idea. How far did you have Honey, to go? Honey, I'm going to take a walk a couple blocks down and go in the woods. <laughs> I'm assuming the woods was definitely closer in the early 1900s oh, than I'm sure, it is yeah. now in Washington, D.C. Sure. But there are no woods near the White House. Are any other thoughts from you guys on Air Force One? Like I said, didn't leave a huge impression on me, guys. Product placement of of uh, Budweiser and Bounty in the in yeah. the cargo thing, That's pretty good. Very, very good. Very prevalent, yeah. and they showed it like three times, so you knew who was paying some freight for that movie. That's very smart. Budweiser and Bounty towels. I will. Uh, I will throw a shout out to '90s action movie dialogue in this one too. There's always oh. like little cheesy exchanges and. The Rock is one that we'll do at some point, and that one is full of cheesy dialogue. But when the president calls the White House switchboard and gets through, yep. and he's got the phone in, like Jonathan explained this earlier, he's got the phone in his pocket, and he's got his hands up because he's being walked around by a terrorist. But he's trying to, he's talking to the terrorist, but he's really talking to the people on he's the phone the in the White House, House yeah. right? Hit, hit the plane. Uh, yes. And so he's kind of going through this scenario where, like, like, yeah, you should just hit the plane with a missile and rocket, and it'll be fine, and we'll just it'll it'll jolt the plane so that we can take over the terrace. And Glenn Close leans in after the call, and, and you know one of the one of the other people in the room was like, "Was that? No, that's just his. Like, he's taking cap. That's just his recommendation, or that's just he's just he's just speaking off the cuff, right?" And she goes, she leans in, she goes, "He's not asking. Your commander in chief is issuing a direct order. Do it." <laughs> It's like just the way they speak to each other in 90s. Sounds like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> do it. Do it now. <laughs> We've after, got to get off the plane. Or after they get off the phone with uh, Gary Oldman for the first time, and Gary Oldman mentions that he's got everybody hostage, including uh, President Ford or Harrison Ford's baseball glove, and they all like he he unclicks the phone, and they all like all the guys in the conference room go spreading their own way, trying to figure out who he is, and then they say one of the generals says this line: "Nobody does this to the United States." President will get back his baseball glove and play catch with this guy's balls. 
<laughs> that was a great. That oh, was a great God. dropped in line. That's amazing. That one. Hey, um, now I'm done. Now I'm done. A Teddy Roosevelt wormhole, you guys. Thomas tweets in. Didn't Teddy get shot and finish a speech? And I googled it, and he sure did. What? He got shot and finished a 50 page speech. Had a boy in Milwaukee. Wait, so like someone tried to assassinate him, yeah. failed, mm-hmm. and he just stayed up and you there. Know, yeah. Fox News loved it. <laughs> oh my God. Fox News is like, this is this really proves it. Oh my God. Tough as can be. <laughs> Good for Teddy, man. That dude's a badass. Amazing. That dude's a legitimate, oh, verified man. badass. All right. On a scale of one through ten Seagulls, how would you guys rate Air Force One? We'll start with Rami. Two. Man, wow. Two. Almost, I'd almost give it a one, but I don't want to. Oh. Just in case wow. I run into, like I said, guys, not good enough, not bad enough to leave an impression on me. And my scale of this, I don't know if we're all grading on the same scale, and does it matter really? Is the so bad it's good scale? And it wasn't. It wasn't bad or good. It was just kind of. Eh, eh. I watched it and wow. I moved on with my life. Fair enough. All right, Judd. The last line, too, when, when the plane tumbles into, <laughs> when it catapults itself into the ocean. CGI, man. And all these people are dead, and all hell has broken loose. And the guy says, such and such a plane is now Air Force One. And everybody cheers. Like, everyone's dead. It doesn't matter. Everybody cheers. Um, I'm going to give it five oh. Seagulls. Wow. Five Seagulls. All right. Jonathan? I had fun watching this movie. There's part of it that might be too good on this list, but then it just goes on for too long. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. It's a seven for me. It really? does. It, it does drag a little bit. There's some parts. I think early they could have explained some of the plot a little bit better yeah. early. Like, what's the why behind? I think when you're going to kill the Russian terrorist who has been orchestrating the whole thing, you're probably just about done. I mean, by the time that they shoot poor William H. Macy, really? <laughs> poor Bill. Like, do you really need to Bill shoot him Macy, at that man. point in time? His and, wife is already going to jail. And I'm going to serve the next person. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. He's pretty, just trying to get his kids in school. It. That's all he was trying to do was make a little more money to get his kids in a great school. Amazing. And then Felicity Huffman went too far. All right, so uh, <laughs> who gets to pick next week's movie? Judd Zolgad. What movie for Action Movie Rewind? The next movie. The way you put the paper to your head there, you had a little Johnny Carson Look, in you. Karnak. Like you're a Karnak. From 1985. Alyssa Milano, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Commando. Wow. There it is. The Commando. The Matrix. I am excited. For Amazing. This. But I'm Matrix, excited Matrix for you said you'd kill me last. I lied. He <laughs> <laughs> drops the little guy off the cliff. It's a great scene. This has been Action Movie Rewind. Get off my plane. Force One. Mackie and Jeb with Rami here with a cram session and another plan for baseball being floated out. Did you guys this see uh, Ross Brendel's tweet? What did he tweet? He wants a chance to defend himself. Like, want, like he wants to jump on the show? I'll read yeah, you the tweet. He's just out for a daily walk listening to today's Score North Live, and I am made aware that John Harrison, Jay Zolgad, Rami's tweeting, and Phil Mackey are filleting me per sources close <laughs> to Ross. Sources. I demand the opportunity to clear my good and noble name in score court. Hashtag liberate shirtless Ross. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, let's just let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow because we... Let's give Ross a full 24 hours to respond. We'll do it on tomorrow's show. We'll let him listen to the segment. And the yeah. problem is, he is hashtag shirtless Ross. <laughs> so he's got to be shirtless during the segment. Oh, my God. Nope. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged or Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players, that is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.